Welcome to Zain and Hailama's podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. We hope that the word will encourage you to do great things for God. The title might have stuck out to you. It's Rising Above the World's Crisis. Today we wanted to talk a little bit about what to do in a situation where you see the rest of the world going frantic with all of this nonsense going on around you. I'm going to call it nonsense. But with the whole coronavirus and and even just with people like, you know, cleaning out shelves and stocking up food and being in preparation. And I wanted to talk about how do you as a person come out of this situation after the smoke is cleared, after all of this is gone? How do you come out victorious? How do you come out looking better than everyone else? And I was going to talk to you about that and what the Bible talks about situations like this. I think even in a in the middle of like a world crisis, though, you can rise above, and yeah. that's why that our title is rising above a world crisis is because you can rise above even in a crisis. Maybe yeah. everyone around you is going frantic, or they might be going crazy and buying toilet paper and emptying out the shelves. But how do you rise above? Because I believe. What up, Amanda? Hi, Amanda. Because I believe that right now is the time for the children of God to rise up. And I, I honestly mm-hmm. felt, even the other day, I was in prayer. And I felt like the Lord laid um, just even the story of Joseph on my heart. And that's what we're going to talk yeah. about today. But in his circumstance, he rised above his situation. And he became the second in command. He became the person over um the house that he was staying in and he was mm-hmm. he took charge of all of that. So if you are just joining us, why don't you go ahead and share the broadcast so other people can hear Did you share it from my profile? I don't have your profile. Okay. Well then that's fine. Alright. He was a riser. That's right Amanda, he was a riser. <laughs> so um, even with that, you know, what is going on in this world where everyone else is going chaotic, it is time for the Christian to rise up. You know, as a Christian, as a newborn believer, you can provide answers that no one else is even able to answer in this world. Just for example, today, I, or um, yesterday when I was at work, a kid began to ask questions and he had no idea I was, a, I was in ministry. He had no idea I knew anything about the Bible. He had no... And, you know, he just started talking about, isn't this stuff predicted in the Bible? And it gave me a perfect opportunity to begin to answer these questions for him because people are wondering what's going on. And, you know, the the coronavirus is a type of flu, but it's freaking people out. And people think the world's going to end and they're thinking this is going to like wipe out one third of the population. Everyone is preparing for this. But as a Christian, how do you take that and take it to the next level? Not only are you not affected by it, but you prosper during this time. And you come out in an area where everyone else around you is wondering how did they do that when everything else is crashing around you? How did they manage to look that good at that? You know, it yeah. yeah, like using this situation <clears throat> to be a stepping stone mm-hmm. for you because it's time for the children of God to yeah. rise up it's... and rise above. And yeah, because God has anointed mm-hmm. us too. So we're going to read a story um, about Joseph. I'm going to be- give a brief recap of his life just so you know where we're at. So basically, Joseph has a dream and 
his brothers don't like it. It's a dream that his brothers are bowing down to him. His brothers don't like it. They sell him into slavery. He gets sent to Egypt. He gets sent to work at Potiphar's house. Rises to the top at Potiphar's house. Becomes the best. It says in the Bible that the only thing Potiphar had to worry in his entire house was the food he ate. So basically he had no worry because he trusted Joseph. Joseph rose to the top. Then he had um, Potiphar's wife come on him. And that kind of screwed him over because then his wife, Potiphar's wife, lied to his husband and said, your, your servant attacked me, which puts Joseph into prison. Then he meets two of Pharaoh's, um, he meets Pharaoh's cupbearer and Pharaoh's baker. He interprets their dreams. And this is what I really find interesting. He rose to the top of the prison ranks, but then when these two men entered, he didn't go around interpreting everyone's dreams in the prison. He went straight for people that were under Pharaoh. He went straight for people that could help him get out of that situation. And he provided an answer for Pharaoh's men, for Pharaoh's um, people that were under him. So he interprets the baker's dream and the cupbearer's dream. And he's right about both saying the cupbearer or the baker's going to die. And the cupbearer will be restored back to his position. And it ended up coming to pass. So now we see two years later that he's told the cupbearer, remember me when you go back to the king's court. The cupbearer forgot. Two years later, the king has a terrible dream. He has two terrible dreams about the livestock of Egypt being plentiful. And then these scrawny cows come up and eat the large cows. And instead of them getting better or the scrawny cows getting bigger, they still stay the same. And then he wakes up from the nightmare. It says he comes to peace, goes back to sleep. And then he has another terrible dream about the fields. And so he's troubled by these dreams. He doesn't know what to do. So he's, and he comes out, the cupbearer remembers who Joseph was and says, I know someone who can help you. So then the, the king brings Joseph into the, the courts. And this is what Joseph replies. I'm going to start at um, Genesis 41. I kind of wanted to touch on when he was in Potiphar's house first. All right, go ahead. Just because we, if you look at the life of Joseph, there was things and there's two points that we have that Joseph did to rise above and two things that we wanted to hit on. And number one was he did not compromise. And if you look in the story um, when he was sold into slavery and he was um, so to Potiphar and he was under Potiphar, his when um Zane said his wife came upon him, he um and I will start from chapter Genesis thirty-nine. Um and I'm gonna start with verse six. It says, So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was well-built and handsome, and after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, Come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, My master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How could, how then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. And number one, Joseph did not compromise. He said, 
how could I do such a wicked and evil thing against my God? And you see, even today in this world, everybody's compromising. They're compromising the word of God. The word of God says that healing is the children's bread. The word of God says that by his stripes that I'm healed. I'm not going to compromise what the word of God says. And even people, pastors um, closing down churches on Sundays. That's the only place where people will yeah. get an answer is at the church. The world can't offer an answer for a solution like this. You you can't. It, it's something that only God has an answer for and only the believer can provide. You have to begin to say, I'm the only person that is going to touch a lost and dying world. The doctors can't do it. The hospitals can't do it. They can provide remedies. But you, as a newborn believer, and as you set your firm foundation on Jesus Christ, you're the only one who can provide an answer for this world. So during this time, it's important for you to realize you can't compromise just sitting in your house and waiting and, and acting like the rest of the world because you're not like the rest of the world. You're different. You're born to be different. You're special. God created you for a different purpose. Yeah. So knowing this, what is it something that you can do to begin to impact a lost and dying generation who doesn't know what's going on? Yeah, and the Bible says too that you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Mm -hmm. And so our job is to go out and lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Even today we went out um, house to house and we went soul winning and um, we spent a lot more time in the houses and making um, creating relationships and connecting with the people. But there was a woman that was asking because I prayed over her, her that the... Um, as she received Jesus into her heart, that now she has the bloodline of Jesus Christ. Now she has the bloodline mm -hmm. of our Heavenly Father. And I told her, I prayed that the blood of Jesus will protect her and protect her home, protect her family. And she asked me after the prayer, why do you keep mentioning the blood, the blood of Jesus? And I went into... Um, back into the Old Testament and talked about when the Israelites, um, and I know I keep talking about this, but it's important to know, like the blood of the lamb protects us. Even in the Old Testament, they did that. The Israelites used the blood of the lamb so that the angel of death could go over them and not, um, not um, take the firstborn son. Now we have, when we're a child of God, we have the blood of Jesus mm -hmm. that can cover our home. And that's what I explained to her. And I told her, I'm not going to compromise the word of God. That's what the word of God says. It belongs to me. Yeah. And so that's what Joseph did. He did not compromise. He knew that that was this evil and sinful thing to do against his God, no matter what kind of temptation there was. And that's why he rose above, because God saw his heart. God saw that he was not going to compromise the word of God. Mm -hmm. He was not going to compromise his salvation and his holiness. Yeah. And that's what he stayed in holiness. Yeah. And he had a heart after God's own heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Joseph didn't change his opinions after he became ruler. Joseph didn't change his perspective. Whenever he rose to the top, he never, forsaken, he never forsook God. He still stuck on that path. So it's important to realize God's going to promote you when your heart is humbled and right. So I'm going to get into this other point that I really, it, it's been hitting me. And I'm going to read from Genesis 41, starting at 25. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, The dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years, and the dreams are one. 
So get this, Joseph is starting to interpret the dream. Now, if we're going to pull this back into an, a, a, an American, Joseph, then this is what would have happened. Well, how many of you know? God's got it covered. God's will will be done whether we like it or not. And here, it's clearly, does not, that's not what he does. He's already providing an answer. This is what's going to happen. This is what's God doing. And then also, he's going to give a plan for it. So I'm going to continue reading. Verse 26. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years, and the dreams are one. The seven lean and ugly cows that came up after them are seven years, and the seven empty ears, blightened by the east wind, are also seven years of famine. It is as I told Pharaoh. God has shown to Pharaoh what he is about to do. There will, be, there will come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. But after them, there will arise seven years of famine. And all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. The famine will consume the land, and the plenty will be unknown. In the land, by reason of the famine, that, that will follow, for it will be severe. So he's saying the famine is going to be severe. It's going to wipe out a lot of things on this earth. And the doubling of Pharaoh's dream means that these things are fixed by God, and God will shortly bring it to about. Now therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over the land and take one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt during the seven plentiful years. And let them gather all the food of these good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh for food in the cities and let them keep it. That food shall be a reserve for the land against the seven years of famine that are to occur in the land of Egypt, so that the land may not perish through the famine. Joseph's already got a plan. Joseph has a plan to, to make sure Egypt is not desolate at this point. So God is here showing Joseph Pharaoh's dream. What does God want to show you during this time? Because God has a divine plan for you, and God has a divine will for you. What does God want to show you during this time of, of what we could say is, is a famine? And pestilence and plague. What's something God can use you for at this time? To give you a plan. To show you how to rise to the top. Because after that it says Joseph rose to power. And it said Joseph was made ruler over all the land. That he, The only person greater than him was Pharaoh only by name. Not by power but only by name. Because I am the Pharaoh. I'm recognizing that as a title that people have given me. Only by the title I am greater than you. But by works and by power, I don't compare. So he's basically given Joseph the entire land. And, and he was 30 years old. He was 30 years old and he had the entire land of Egypt to manage. And he comes up with the dreams and he comes up with the plan. From God, divine inspiration, divine idea. Pray that God would give you divine idea. Pray that God would give you a divine direction for this time to prosper. Yeah. This isn't Old Testament stuff. This is for you today. And it will bring you to the top. It took him from a prison all the way to second to command over Egypt. What happens if he walked into that place and said, Pharaoh, I don't know, but God's going to do it. God, God is still God. No matter through the plague, through the famine, we might go through mountains and valleys. But, but how many of you know God is God? They would have grabbed him by his pants and threw him right back in the dungeon. You can't do that. You have to come up with a plan. The world needs a plan. And God has one. But he has to use a vessel. So he wants to use you. And you don't have to be old to do this. He was 30 years old. But because he was willing and obedient to God, 
He could give him a plan and say, do this. This is what you're going to do and watch the promotion that will come upon you. And get this. It, it made Egypt the greatest country in the world at this point. So now that they have one-fifth of the produce, the only people that can get food are people that pay for the food. So you had years of plenty. They took one-fifth, and now they're selling it to, you see, Joseph's brothers. They're selling it to the people of Egypt. So now by this point, everyone is relying on Joseph and Pharaoh for their food. Everyone is relying on the plan that one man made. Everyone is relying on Joseph. Let that sink in. Joseph's plan brought Pharaoh great wealth because everyone had to come to him for food. The plan God gives you to fix something will bring you, will bring someone, will bring an element that you want to see done in your life, great wealth. It'll bring great abundance because God wants to see you prosper and God wants to see his kingdom thrown. God wants to see his kingdom build up and he wants to use you to do it. I'm going to read one more story that really stuck out to me. It's in Daniel. And I'm going to briefly recap, but I want to talk about how Daniel was promoted. So basically, the king Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. This is, we're fast forwarding a couple thousand years. Now we're talking about Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. The king Nebuchadnezzar has a bad dream. He has no idea what it means. So he brings in his wise men to tell him what the dream means. And the wise men say, okay, tell us the dream. He says, I'm not telling you the dream. And the reason why is, is because every time I tell you a dream, you guys just make a bunch of stuff up. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to tell me what I dreamed, then give me the interpretation. That way I know it's from God. He said, and if you can't figure it out in 24 hours, I'm going to kill you all. So he's got, he's got a lot on the line right here. And no one could figure it out. No one could do it. So they're all frantic and trying to figure out what to do. But one man arises, and that's Daniel. And he interprets the king's dream. He tells the, the king's dream, and then he interprets the dream. And then check out this. This is what Nebuchadnezzar does at this point. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and paid homage to Daniel and commanded that an offering and incense be offered up to him. Get this. Nebuchadnezzar treated Daniel like a god. Nebuchadnezzar lifted up Daniel. When you have power with God, you exceed any other man around you. You exceed anyone else around you, but you have to know the will of God. You have to begin to seek out the will of God for your life. So even during this time when everyone else is running frantic, trying to figure out what to do, buying toilet paper, I still don't know why toilet paper, but buying toilet paper, make sure you're in your prayer closet, figuring out what God wants you to do so you can create a, a, um, an answer for a situation. Because God wants to do that. And that's what we've been doing. God, how can you use us to touch people? How can you use us to change a situation? And we're seeing that. We went out today. People are asking questions. People are looking for something. Just like that lady today had questions. Don't, what about the coronavirus? What about this? I, I don't have a good immune system. I don't have this. And then Hailama was able to share the protection of the blood of Jesus and she gets saved. That's what it is. And now we have an answer. Now we, there's a new person on their way to heaven because of an answer we were able to provide. Begin to seek God out. What does God want you to do? I'm going to finish this up. The king answered and said to Daniel, Truly your God is God of all gods and Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you have been able to reveal this mystery. Then the king gave Daniel high honors and many great gifts. 
and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief perfect over all the wise men of Babylon. Daniel made a request of the king and he appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel remained in the king's court. He became the greatest in all the land. The king gave that land to Daniel, gave him rule over all the province of Babylon because of one answer. You are an answer to someone's problem. You are an answer to someone's need. But you have to know for yourself. You have to know the will of God for yourself. Do you have anything else? I don't think you kind of... The point, the second point was, like, you have to be a problem solver. That's what Joseph was. He was a problem solver. He saw the situation that he was in, and he saw where he could get in. And Mm -hmm. he knew that, okay, I have that gift to interpret um, dreams. Dreams. I'm so sorry. I have the... um, that gift to interpret dreams and he used that to solve a problem and mm-hmm. he was a self um problem solver and that's what we have to do is become a problem solver even going out today a lot of people are afraid but because we're not afraid we know that we're not going to get this virus and going out and telling people that they're there is a God that loves them, that there's a God that wants to protect mm-hmm. them from these things. And people are very um, open to that because mm-hmm. nobody else are going out and telling them these things. Um, mm-hmm. And I want to read a scripture in Proverbs 18, <clears throat> 16. <clears throat> and it says, a gift opens the way and ushers the giver into the presence of the great. I don't like that. Right. You can read it. Sorry, you can read it in your right. version. I don't like that version at all. Proverbs 18. It says, A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before the great. Another version says great kings. Yeah. That's a great scripture. That's what Joseph did. He made his gift make room for him. He knew Mm -hmm. that, okay, I have this gift. Let me become, let me use this gift. And it made room for him. And he mm-hmm. was brought before the, um, before Pharaoh and before the person that was over the land of Egypt. And that's what brought him before that. Mm-hmm. Even with Esther, you see that if she, in that, um, the book of Esther, she said, I am here for such a time as this. Mm-hmm. And she went before the king. And normally you can't, you have to, um, be asked. Yeah, you have to. And, the king let her come in and she prayed and fasted and she saw um, her whole nation saved and they were about to get killed off. Mm, Her nation, the Israelites were about to get um, killed off. But Esther said, no, I'm going to fast and pray. I'm going to stand up for my, my generation, for my people, because if not, then who else would, would stand mm-hmm. up for it? And she said, if I perish, let me perish. And you see that she rose up. We need mm-hmm. people to rise up. We need the children of God to rise up in such a time as this, in a world crisis, to know, to tell people what the word of God says, mm-hmm. to bring people in, to love on people, to show them the way the truth and the life. Yeah. And that's what the word of God says, that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. And no one can come to him except through Jesus Christ. Yeah. And we need to be that answer to, for the world because 
no one knows. No one knows. You're right. I mean, not that everyone doesn't know, but there's a lost and dying generation, a lost and dying world out there that mm-hmm. people aren't going out because people, one, people want to compromise the word of God. One, people don't want to speak the word of God over their lives and believe the the truth. And people mm. just want to be lazy and make it a, actually an excuse to not even have church or not even go out into the community. Right. Yeah, as a, as a Christian and a newborn believer, you are here for such a time as this and realize that. Just like Esther said, realize to yourself, I am here for such a time as this. Yeah. I am here for a purpose. I am here for a calling. I'm here to be used by God. Because, I mean, this is the greatest time on earth for the believer. It's actually one of the only times on earth where the believer can share the word of God and prosper without being killed. You know, there were issues back in the 15, 1600s where if you were a Christian or you went out and figured out something, like the Quakers who, who realized that what the Holy Spirit was, they were criticized and killed for their beliefs. This is a time right now where as a new Holy Ghost field believer where you can prosper in a time where everyone else is not because you have an answer. Yeah. So use that. This is the greatest time for the believer. And it's time to take this up. It's time to take the mantle and say, let's take this back. Let's see our country shaken for the better. Let's see our country shaken by the power of God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So even with that, maybe you've listened today. Maybe you've, you know, wondered, you know, I haven't even made Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. I don't know how to even fend off something that I know nothing about. Well, Jesus has healing for you. And the Bible says... Healing is the children's bread, but you have to be a child of God to have that. So if you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior and made yourself a child of God, I want to pray a simple prayer with you today. And if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and become a child of God, I want you to pray this right now with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Wash me and cleanse me. Forgive me of my sins. Jesus, I thank you that you died for me, and that you're coming back again for me. Jesus, I thank you that I am covered by your blood. I am saved, I am born again, and I am delivered from all oppression of the devil. And just even make this a declaration right now. Thank you for my healing. Thank you, God, that I have a healthy body. Thank you, Lord, that I'm not going to be sick like everyone else. And thank you that you have protection over me and my family. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it was great talking to you. I see my Aunt Taffy on. Hi, Taffy. Hi. Um, I mean, with that, unless you have anything else, I think we'll close. Well, if you said that prayer with him today, just go ahead and message us, and we want to send you a gift. And this will be up on YouTube and our podcast apps. And go ahead and follow us. Share this broadcast so other people can mm-hmm. hear what we are talking about because it's important. We know that people aren't taking their place as a child of God and we want to see the church of God rise above. And so if you said that prayer with us, you just made Jesus the Lord of your life and now it's time to start that walk in the Lord. And mm-hmm. we want to help you. We want to send you a Bible. We want you to send, we want to send you a gift. And we also want to um, connect you with a local church in your yeah. area. We can help you with that to mm-hmm. find a good church that will be able to um, 
just yeah yeah all right hi auntie hi auntie sonia hi chevelle is that chevelle that yeah. is chevelle hi chris chris barnes is yeah. watching and jessica hey jessica everybody's joining and we're leaving <laughs> All right, everyone have a good night. If you said that prayer, we'd love to hear from you and we'd love for you to write us in. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear from you. Other than that, thank you. Have a nice day. Love you guys.